What are you doing here? In my apartment? Yeah. I live here. Oh, this is your place. Yeah, I know. It's hard to recognize because I changed some stuff. Yeah, but, there's um, a, a table here now. Yeah, there I, wasn't a table before. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're millennials. Yeah, now we're like at real tables, like real human beings. It's weird. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not really sure. I feel a little bit like we're conducting a business meeting. Except there's like attempted murder involved. Oh, is there? Is there? You, wait, you don't have, you don't have an attempted murder at all your business meetings. What do you what do you what do you do at your business meetings? Business. Oh. Yeah, it's um. I've been misinterpreting business the whole time. I don't know if this lime is still any good. Uh oh. All right. Well, we're drinking just like sippers of tequila because this is who we are as people. Um, but we put a little splooshy sploosh of some lime juice, and I, I I'm gonna try it now. Do I have it. to know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I found our bad drink of the night. Yeah, okay. It's an unintentional bad drink of the night. <laughs> oh. I never thought tequila could harm me this way. We have a I'm real scared. lime. I could just I like know. squeeze and not an entire this. half of it. Not into, into this. this. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like, like it we needs have to start over with this. No, it needs something. This cannot stand. I'm gonna start over. I'm drinking it. I don't <laughs> It's going to kill me. I no don't know tequila. what bad lime does. I mean, we'll find out, I guess, because no. I'm drinking it. Wow. Hold on. I No tequila left behind, okay? You're, are you Googling what bad lime does? Yes. <laughs> this is also millennial culture. Can you get sick from expired lime juice? <laughs> is this a Yahoo answer? This is talking about lemon juice, and the title is Expired Lemon Juice and Diarrhea. I mean, look. I can handle a little diarrhea. <laughs> Cats, I need to, I'm so sorry. Cat's not on the podcast today, but she is in the house for a period while we are recording, and she, she does have her hand raised. Yeah, do you have any different information? It will not make you sick if you eat such limes, but it is better to avoid them. Remember that so just generally don't eat spoiled things is what Google has told us. Oh, she took it away from me. <laughs> Emily took it away from me. We're not dying today. <sighs> Maybe I do want to die today. No. Maybe I get to make that decision for myself. Do we have to harp noise immediately harp noise. upon the start of the... Oh, harp noise. Wait, you're not here to do the noise. Come here. No. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> we have it. We figured it out. We have it figured out. We're fine. Yeah, and if you go to our Instagram, you will see the alcohols we had to choose from tonight. And then the take two of the tequila. Emily's the first person I know who I actually like <laughs> who has achieved a full bar status in her home. Accidentally. Yeah? Slowly but surely, it, it just kind of happened. I mean, if only that bottle of Malort had anything in it, because you'd really have all the grounds covered. Right. And three three of these four bottles involve you. Yeah, they do. That Jameson is from the Women of Rock. That Gin is from one oh. of the podcasts. Oh, shit. And the the Cuervo is from one of the podcasts. Oh. The only one that isn't is the vodka, because that was my Avengers <laughs> coping mechanism. <laughs> Look at you go. I can't keep a bottle around. I'm just drinking it as soon as I have it. It's what I drink until it's gone. 
I might have a problem. <laughs> don't like, I don't actually, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is not that kind of uh, podcast. Who's going first? You, I think, because you went first I on the 50th. I was so confident last time. You went first on the 50th, oh. though. So that was okay. all I was recalling, because I'm pretty sure I went first last time. That makes sense. Uh, now, you said attempted murder. Did you do a true crime app or a... Technically, no. Oh, okay. I'm excited about that. There's then. attempted murder... But it's technically not a true crime. Whoa. All right. Okay. I mean, I'll give you the Benny. the government's involved. Uh-oh. Are we going to be mad at the government? Probably. I mean, I'm already there. Yeah. Like 24-7. I've, I've been there. I love having more excuses. Yeah. Let's fucking do this Okay. Then. Hell yeah. So let's talk about someone who survived no fewer than 634 attempts on his life. Is it Hitler? No. Oh, <laughs> it's not Hitler? It's not. <laughs> okay. Um, whether or not there's like some wiggle room, I guess, with that figure, but they're pretty sure. That's a very specific figure. Yeah. You said 634 attempts? At least. Oh, my God. The figure we're speaking about was Cuba's iconic dictator. Oh, shit. Fidel Castro. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, the government doesn't try to kill you that many times unless you a big deal. Listen, the 60s were a wild time to be alive. <laughs> I mean, I think we've established that. Yeah. I think the, the subtitle for this podcast is it's the uh-oh feeling. Man, weren't the 60s all fucked up? <laughs> but also like the 70s, too. <laughs> and then also just like, you know, for really getting there, the 80s. We've covered most of the decades of this last century. Yeah. And they've all sucked. It seems like they all sucked. It seems like the whole of American history probably just actually sucked. Yeah. <laughs> we should stop I can't, picking. I have no arguments. We should stop picking on the 60s and 70s. It's not even their fault. No. <laughs> we just need to pick on the 20th century as a whole. Yes. Stop discriminating. <laughs> You're right. This entire century sucked balls. Massively. Let's talk about it. All right. Well, Castro provided an almost superhuman, mythical foe for America. We love those. And the CIA was obsessed with trying to kill him. Oh my God, that's awesome. I'm so excited. Now, it, like, it went from serious to just stupid. <laughs> they tried everything, and I have a nice array of some of the shit they tried. <laughs> because you would think the CIA would be a little sneakier about it. you got to think, though, after like the 500th time, they just look at each other and go, I don't even know anymore, you guys. Yeah, we just, we got to get creative. We got to do something. We, I don't know. Do we poison his oatmeal? I don't. Yeah. What do we do? Oh, they tried that. Oh, my God. Not his oatmeal specifically. I am going to talk about something else they did try and poison. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the thing is... The actions of the CIA caught up with them in 1975. Good. Because the church committee was formed. Okay. Which was a Senate subcommittee that was headed by Democratic Senator Frank Church. Ah, uh, okay. And it investigated the abuses not only by the CIA, but the NSA, FBI, and IRS. Whoa. Everybody was in on this. Everybody was fucking up. Can I just ask, like, minor spoiler alert? Does anything come of it? 
I get nervous when we say the government is investigating itself. Um, yes. So okay. the main thing for the, the church committee was the assassination attempts of world leaders by the U.S., Sure. <laughs> we were doing that a lot. Because it wasn't just Castro that we were trying to oh, kill. Absolutely not. I mean, everybody's talking about, well, anybody who is, you know, smart and gives a shit <laughs> like, is talking about, you know, why we have so many people coming to our border right now because we helped destabilize the uh, many, many countries in Central America yeah. over the course of decades with yeah. coup after coup after coup. So like and providing weapons and mm-hmm. financial support. And we were really awful. into killing anybody we thought was a comedy uh, or anybody who just like wasn't doing the things we wanted them to do. Yep. So 1975 rolls along and the government's like, hey, we need to stop trying to kill people. That we don't like. (laughs) What? No. But before that, and actually, fun fact, one of the main reasons why this committee was formed was because of a New York Times article. Oh, really? That detailed the operations the CIA did over the years. Oh, shit. That had been called the family jewels. (laughs) That person, the person or persons who wrote that probably, I hope they got a Pulitzer. Uh, that's Seymour a... Hirsch. Nice. Way to go, Seymour. Yeah. It, like, full detailed things they probably shouldn't have had their hands on, but hey. And they'll never reveal their sources. No. But that's cool. So, here's a brief just information about Fidel Castro, in case anyone out there doesn't know. Maybe you didn't have that unit in history class in high school. I mean, he, he just died in 2016. Yeah. So, of natural causes. Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) So. The biggest fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, on January 1st, 1959, young Cuban nationalist Fidel Castro drove his guerrilla army into Havana and overthrew General Batista, who was the American-backed president. Of course. Now... Everyone was, like, really into Castro, and then he actually became the next leader, and he dropped the facade. Sure. And suddenly he was terrifying. Sure. People still loved him, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely argued that he did commit a lot of atrocities. That seems to often happen. I mean... It- it doesn't seem like in all of world history, if somebody overthrew somebody else to get into power, even if the person they overthrew was themselves terrible, they weren't like a good guy immediately after like, right. like killing people to get into power. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that always blows my mind, and we're going to talk about Bay of Pigs later because it plays a huge role in oh, this. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Is he wasn't even really close with Russia and we were in the beginnings of the cold war and everything. Right. The U S pushed him into the arms of Russia. So good job. Right. So from 1959 to 1961, the U S state department and the CIA were attempting to get rid of Fidel Castro. So in the April of 1961, the CIA launched what, people believed was going to be like this definitive strike 
It was going to be great. <laughs> They'd been training 1,400 American Cubans who had fled their homes when Castro took over. What could go wrong? It didn't go well. And I'm going to talk about that later. <laughs> the Titanic of military super. operations. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that really comes to mind when you think of like attempts on Fidel Castro's life is he loved his cigars. Absolutely. They not only tried to do exploding cigars, but also they tried to poison his cigars. Oh, my God. Okay, look. The poison is almost better than the exploding. That sounds awful. like a Marx Brothers bit. Nope. That <laughs> sounds like the Three Stooges. Like, oh, my yep. God. It was supposed to have been packed and with enough real explosive to just take his head off. Holy shit. I mean, okay, I get it, but also... It's a cigar. Yeah. It's not a bit... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most stable thing you can transport explosives in. Yeah. It looks like a stick of dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just with a label wrapped around it. Right. So in 1967, the Saturday Evening Post did report that a New York City police officer had been propositioned with the idea and hoped to carry it out during Castro's United Nations visit in September of 1960. Oh, my God. Okay. It didn't happen. Now, just after a year that Castro seized power, the CIA did actually spike cigars with botulinum toxin. Oh, God. Which is strong enough to kill anybody who just puts it in their mouth. Sure. It's just dipped. Yeah, it's just dipped. In botulism. Basically. <laughs> so oh the CIA God, okay. recruited a double agent who was going to slip Castro a cigar that had been dipped, and it was going to kill him. Okay. Now, here's a running theme in a lot of these attempts. Uh-huh. The person they gave the cigars to and got into Cuba got cold feet. And really? didn't do it. Really? These are supposed to be professionals. These are yes. spies. Yes. Holy shit, okay. After this and a couple other attempts with the cigars, he just started making his own. Which is why yeah. we now have very famous. That's why Cuban cigars exist. I think so. At least like maybe the mass production yeah. of them in the way that they yeah. are. He wanted oh them my- made at home. <laughs> Holy shit. So second attempt that I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So at the end of President Dwight Eisenhower's term, which was around 1960 to 1961. Sure. The CIA used a series of middlemen to enlist two gangsters to help get rid of Castro. Okay. Okay. Now, I've always held Eisenhower in high regard because my grandfather served with him in World War II in Africa. That's cool. But this is stupid. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. This is all very (laughs) stupid. Oh, Eisenhower. President Eisenhower, I am... I don't like Ike right now. Well, look, I, I, name one president that didn't make at least one stupid decision. That's true. <laughs> so while Castro had been just an infant in the, the fighting world, Batista had, had let Cuba basically be a playground for illegal activity. Great. So organized crime was pretty solid in Cuba. And it had a pretty good foothold. Now, the 
family they approached was the out of Las Vegas, so the Las Vegas syndicate. Mm. So like B- Bugsy Siegel's old unit. Yeah. And they were very receptive to the idea of killing Castro because when he took over, he wanted to get rid of anything American and sever all ties, which means the gangsters got cut off. Yeah, no more illegal trade. Yeah. No drug more, shit. Yeah. Pit stop in Cuba. No more keeping your money there. Yeah. <laughs> so they approached a mobster named Johnny Rossili, who then introduced them to Salvatore um, Gianchia and Santo Traficante Ooh. to discuss their Cuba problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there was more than one report list, like just named the Cuba the problem. Cuba problem. <laughs> um, it was actually. This fell under an umbrella called the Cuban Project, also known as Operation Mongoose. (laughs) So they decided they were going to get in there with a spy and kill him. The CIA offered them $150,000, which in today's money is $1.2 million. Oh, thank you for doing that. I was just going to ask if you knew. To kill Castro. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Roselli refused the money and told them they'd, that he'd do the job for free. What? First of all, that's a successful man if he's like, I don't need your weird, like, your million yeah. of dollars of government fucking garbage money you're probably going to track from now on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The two guys that I named, the Sam Giancana, I can't remember how to say the last name, was the boss of the Chicago mob. Oh, okay. okay. And then Santos Traficante. <laughs> was the head of the mob's Cuban operations. Oh, okay. All right. And both of them were on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. <laughs> oh. But here's the CIA uh-huh. talking to them. Of course. Offering them money. Probably being like, and look, you know, we'll throw them off the, the tail. Yeah. You know? Our FBI brothers, they don't have to know where you are or what you're doing. Yeah. So Giancana was like, hey, let's not do guns. Let's do pills. So CIA gave them cyanide capsules. Sure. And they gave them six of them because that's enough. And those were delivered to Giancana's agent in Cuba, a man named Orta. Can you guess what happened? Did he get cold feet? Close. He failed to get close to Castro multiple times oh man and then the job was handed over to a doctor named anthony verona who was paid about eleven thousand dollars just to set up and do the job sure but he got cold feet oh my god after the bay of pigs invasion okay okay yeah Uh uh-huh so the mafia was unsuccessful in killing castro that's shocking and they were like (laughs) In 1961, they're like, no, we're done. We're not going to keep trying anymore. I feel like they didn't even try that fucking hard. They didn't. They had two people. Two of them. And they both sucked, apparently. Yeah. So, Bay of Pigs. Real Mm. quick. Mm -hmm. For anyone who doesn't know. Side note. Fun fact. So, remember how I said America basically fucked themselves over and pushed Castro into Russia's arms? Mm -hmm. Well... The thing that comes from Cuba a lot was sugar. Sure. And mining. So Castro introduced land reform schemes and then called on other Latin American governments to act with more autonomy and stop interacting with the U.S. 
And in response, in early 1960, President Eisenhower authorized the CIA to, like I said, recruit the 1,400 Cuban exiles living in Miami and began training them to overthrow Castro. At the same time, Castro was establishing diplomatic relations with the Soviet Union, and the U.S. was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. We're going to fuck you over and prohibited importing Cuban sugar. Sure. The United States comprised of 80% of that country's total sugar exports. Yeah. So that's a little crippling. Yeah, absolutely. The USSR was like, that's okay. We got you, boo. Uh Uh-huh. And bought all the sugar. Of course. The only two superpowers, one of them is right there and screwing you over. Yeah. The other one has the ability to just pick that right up. Yep. So in January of 1961... The U.S. government formally severed diplomatic relations with Cuba, even though they've been trying to kill their president for two years. Uh-huh. Oh, that w- <laughs> no, but that one was on the DL. Yeah, it was, it was quiet. It was that secret. That was a secret It boy. was secret murder. <laughs> and as Eisenhower was stepping out, Kennedy was stepping in, mm-hmm. and he inherited this Bay of Pigs plan. Just a garbo sitch. And he was like, okay, let's see what comes of this. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want to, like, come off weak at the beginning of the Cold War. And I'm not going to talk about the Cold War. It's my least favorite part of history. It can go fuck itself. It's, um, it's both boring and annoying. Yes. Because you're just like, wow, did this lead, like, so many poor decisions in a row. It was just a dick measuring contest after dick measuring contest. Decades of just garbage. Yeah. It does suck. (laughs) So, on April 17th of 1961... Actually, on the 16th, no, the 15th, they took a small group of the Cuban exiles and they took off from Nicaragua and tried to bomb all of the planes in Cuba on Fidel's, like, airstrip. All the military planes. Sure. How 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 did that go? Fidel Castro and his advisors knew about the raid. And had already moved the planes out of harm's way. So there were dummy planes. Oh my god, that's actually really awesome. (laughs) Second part. April 17th, 1961. Those 1,400 Cuban exiles launched into Cuba. And they thought they were being really sneaky. Oh, did did they? There's 1,400 of them. began their... really hard for like 1400 people to go anywhere and be sneaky here's the thing they thought they had found this isolated spot on the island's southern shore which is known as the bay of pigs mm-hmm. there was a radio station on the beach that the cia had missed oh my god i didn't realize they just missed it i remember some yeah. of this they just didn't see it oh my god I'm, I'm and the nervous. radio station broadcasted Every single detail of the operation to all of Cuba. These ineffective motherfuckers. They're probably overpaid. They're probably um, drunk during the day because it's that period of time. Yeah, It's like Mad Men times yeah. and they're all on coke and yep. they're all like sipping scotch yep. in the middle of the day. Third, third issue. <laughs> Unexpected coral reefs sank some of the exile ships. As they were pulled into shore. Unexpected, really. I bet they've been there for literally hundreds of years. That's what coral reefs are like. Fourth fuck up. <laughs> I'm so mad. Okay. Uh-huh. Fourth fuck up. 
the backup paratroopers landed in the wrong place. Oh my god, how did we fuck this up so much so many times in a row at once? <laughs> <laughs> So we deserve to have this be the like crisis situation it became. Yeah. Uh, they surrendered in less than a day. Uh-huh. 114 were killed and over 1,100 were taken prisoner. Woof. That's really not great. Yeah. No, it super wasn't good. Those like those poor people too. <laughs> like. Yeah. And people were pushing for another military strike and Kennedy was like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, thank God for that. We're done. Yeah, like, do you understand how long I had to be on the phone to avoid nuclear war? Yeah. <laughs> he was quoted as saying he didn't want to abandon Cuba to the communists, but he also then didn't want to start a fight that might end in World War Three. Uh-huh. Yeah. By this point, we'd made our bed. Yeah. And then suddenly there's missile crises, diseases, and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So the next one is... Really funny. Um, CIA tried to plant a seashell in the bottom of the ocean area where Castro liked to scuba dive. And they tried to paint it really pretty colors. And they were going to load it with explosives. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Okay. So. (laughs) That's amazing. And then they remembered they don't have a way to really remote detonate anything. Oh my! So they would have had to put someone underneath. You you need you need somebody who's just gonna die that day. Yeah, and is fine with it. Yeah, and there are people who so, can't even give the man pills without getting cold feet. Yeah, but that guy's just gonna die. Right. So they threw that plan out the window. Okay. And then they focused on his diving suit, and they decided they were gonna try and contaminate one of the diving suits with a fungus that would produce a chronic and debilitating skin disease. And they were going to put it in his breathing apparatus as well. Were all the good spies in Europe? Probably. Were they literally all watching Russia? Is this why, like, why couldn't they just have somebody talk to somebody, you talk to somebody, you talk to somebody, uh-huh. who would get close enough to Castro and then just shoot him in the head? It we're doesn't getting have to there. be an American. Like, no, we're getting there. Oh, my God. They do that. Fuck. So <laughs> it was supposed to be given to Castro by American lawyer James Donovan, who had been involved in hostage, hostage negotiations with Castro. Mm-hmm. Well, Donovan gave him the wrong suit. What? 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 There's two suits, right? The They're CIA, sitting next to each other. One is labeled good and one is labeled bad. Apparently, he was never given the right suit oh, because no. the suit that had the fungus in it was still in the lab. Okay. <laughs> okay, picture one thing with me. <laughs> It's the day they're supposed to hand over the suit. <laughs> and one of the, like, just like a nerd who works in the lab. He's got those big, thick, 60s, 70s glasses. Yeah. And he walks in, and he looks over, and there's the suit. And he's just like, oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we? Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> now, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that they didn't have someone who talked to somebody who talked to somebody who knew somebody to send mm-hmm. someone in that he knows. Yeah. This is straight out of a James Bond movie. Oh, please. Oh, please. Marita Lorenz was an ex-lover of Fidel Castro. Yes. 
And she was recruited as a contract agent for the CIA and tasked with assassinating him. She was given two botulism toxin pills because they love their botulism. They were really into that. They want people to die gross. And she was supposed to just drop it into his drink. The first one would kill him in 30 seconds. 30 seconds? But she got cold feet. No, honey. Quote from, she did a 1993 Vanity Fair interview. And her quote was, I knew the minute I saw the outline of Havana, I couldn't do it. Like, it was like her her patriotism? I, or like her love of the city and of her home. She just couldn't do that to her country, like throw it into sort of yeah. chaos like that. Yeah. Okay. So she stashed the pills in her cold cream jar. Okay. Which Pons? made them Pons? unusable. <laughs> Wait, really? That just like neutralizes yeah. it? It's Holy 1960s shit. cold cream. Yeah, that neutralizes everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She then also, as she was sitting with, with Fidel, she told him what she was supposed to do. Holy shit. A quote from her. He leaned over, pulled out his forty-five, and handed it to me. He didn't even flinch. And he said, you can't kill me. Nobody can kill me. And then he kind of smiled and chewed on his cigar. I felt deflated. He was so sure of me. He just grabbed me. We made love. Oh, my God. Probably. Like, he pulled out his forty-five, and he's like, do it. Kill me. And she couldn't do it. Can I just say? And then they fucked. That was probably the best sex any two people have ever had. Probably. Ever. Probably. That is so grossly hot. <laughs> like <laughs> It's straight out of a James Bond movie. Yes. <laughs> you came here to kill me. But instead, we're going to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, it's good shit. Hello. Cat's like just staring. <laughs> <laughs> just. <sighs> so sorry. Uh <laughs> So for real though, okay. While All we're right. on the James Bond theme here, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. the CIA also tried to give them a poisoned pen, yeah, which was a pen with a hypodermic needle in it. Some Kingsman shit. Let's yeah. do this. And the needle was supposedly so fine that the victim wouldn't notice its insertion. I per ha- the Church Committee report. Okay, fascinating. Why don't we have those to use for medicine? <laughs> right. Just a question. That I have every time I get stabbed by a needle. Catch. The official that was offered the pen uh-huh. was offered it on November 22nd of 1963, which was the date of John F. Kennedy's assassination. Oh no. Oh God. Which means the pen na- never made it to Cuba. Yeah. Everything and stopped. And that was everything stopped. Yeah. Absolutely everything stopped. Well, yeah, because now you got, like, what if the new president doesn't even authorize that? Right. Oh, God. Okay. So, when the murder thing wasn't working, they decided to try just, like, wrecking his image. Sure. I don't know. I feel like I would have gone for that first. (laughs) Right? Well, they kind of did. In 1960, the CIA tried to sabotage one of Castro's speeches. By spraying his broadcasting studio with a chemical that would make him suffer similar hallucinations to LSD. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. They'd also talked about spiking the cigars with the same thing. 
to oh. make him hallucinate. But like the fact that one of them was on like a speech. Yeah. Like you could have had a recording of a man on LSD trying to give a speech. Right. It would have wrecked him. Oh my God. They were going to try and do this on an overseas trip. So they didn't have to try and get into Cuba to spray his booth. Okay. But after all of the cigars <laughs> and everything, uh-huh. he canceled all overseas trips. Oh, really? Because he was fucking no. Well, the, you would almost think like, oh, he's so paranoid. No, no, no. Yeah. They've been trying to kill him. Right. For a decade. Yeah. And <laughs> his like his secret, his basically secret service was very well aware of it. Sure. Because they also at one point were going to like try and take this LSD like substance and dust it on his shoes instead. Christ. Dude. So then they moved to his beard, his iconic beard. Oh, my God. So this is what they were trying to dust on his shoes or in his cigar. Um, there was a chemical that's similar to what's used in like Nair now that would have made his beard fall out. Shut up. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, this was just them attacking his image was literally them attacking his, his ima- image. <laughs> yeah, so the thallium salt is the chemical that makes hair fall out. Did they really think, like... They oh, really thought this was going to happen. This will cripple him. Right. <laughs> we rid him of his beard. We rid him of his power. Yes, he cannot lead and the people will not follow. Exactly. So when that didn't work, they then tried to give him a handkerchief that had bacteria on it. Okay, yep. In the hopes that this super germ-covered hanky would make him very sick. Okay. It didn't happen. D- okay. The closest the CIA ever got to killing Castro, and I saved this one for last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Was a poisoned milkshake. What the fuck? Yes. Oh, so, my God. 1963, before Kennedy's assassination... They had hired a waiter that was also then doubled now as an assassin. Yeah. At the Havana Hilton. Uh huh. And he was supposed to put a pill in the milkshake. Did. <laughs> but the oh. pill. <laughs> oh, he didn't get. The pill got stuck to the side of the freezer. <laughs> and when he tried to get it off. Off of the side of the freezer, it ripped open. No. Emily. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you got cold feet. That's <laughs> so much worse. That's so much worse. Thing. The pill got cold feet. So he just put the pill in, in the, the freezer, freezer just for like... To hide it. This is where I'll keep it. And he goes to try to pry it off a surface and he just breaks the fuck open. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So the pill, the pill got cold feet incompetence top to bottom here but that was the closest they ever got if literally if they had been able to get that pill off the side of the freezer in one piece castro would have been dead castro would have been dead in 1963 wow history would be different yeah (laughs) 43 years of history would be very different but what's fucking because that milkshake brought all the boys to the yard (laughs) <laughs> oh no! Oh no! See now I have to. Uh, we're not okay. I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm done. So. Podcast All over. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm angry at the government in a different way than I expected to be when you started this story. Incompetence. Yes. Usually we're mad because of injustice and racism and stuff. No, this one is just plain stupid. Today we're mad because of some bullshit. Yeah. 
So see what I mean when I said this wasn't really true crime? The next time somebody tells you that 9-11 was an inside job, and like, look, I'm aware that all the signs were ignored, and that is a real problem. But Bush didn't do 9-11. He's the stupidest president we've had since the one we have right now. (laughs) And we had people who were... We had Eisenhower. Yeah. Who was a fan-fucking-tastic general. And JFK. Yeah. (laughs) And none of the people working under those two could get it done. Yeah. Our government is full of incompetence. Yes. (laughs) And always, always, always has been. Yeah. I mean, my God. And, like, while I was doing the research for this, I was, like, watching some documentaries. Of course. hmm And one of them was, like, this former CIA operative talking about, like, what it takes to pull some of this stuff off. Yeah. It's like, they weren't, they weren't putting in that much effort, guys. No, <laughs> they, they really couldn't have weren't. been. No. It's just, like, sitting around a table. It sounds so Drinking half-assed. scotch. Drinking, yes. Smoking. Being like, what if? Right. Oh my God. We put a needle in a pen. <laughs> okay, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. The man loves a milkshake. Yeah. I fucking can't with that. Yeah. So. You're welcome. All right, America. Jesus. Okay. Look, the, the idea of whether or not we should have been even trying to kill him aside. Yeah. Because that's a whole argument. I get it. It is. There's, there's, there's good shit on either side of whether we should ever meddle in that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the fact that we did try and really, 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 really couldn't do it. Like impressively couldn't do it. I love that your survivor was Castro. I know. <laughs> it's a very controversial survivor. Uh-huh. Which is why I didn't do this for the 50th. That's fair. It makes me want to do, I, I did like an entire presentation and paper on the attempted assassinations of Hitler. Oh yeah. And like. I don't want Hitler to be my survivor, but otherwise I would totally talk about that. Right. Because that's in some ways equally hilarious. Yeah. Because that's not even just one country trying to kill him. No. That's that everybody. Everybody. And they couldn't do it. No. They sucked at it. Fucker was paranoid. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, he was taking what was essentially meth up the ass. Yeah. Uh, for the last couple of years there. But yeah. um, <laughs> if you guys don't know about that, read any cracked article. <laughs> They've written about that so much. But... Yeah. Um, thanks for that. I'm so sad now. <laughs> yeah. Will you hit me with just a tiny bit more before I begin? Here. Boop. Hang hit on. me with your best shot. And You're going to have done. to catch up with me while I'm talking. Well, I was I'm talking. Feel like a fucking drunkard. I get it. But just help me out, okay? I'm not talking. And now I can drink. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. We're going to do bit of a similar thing you took a wider you know like topic. 634 options to choose from yeah fair i i wanted to do that today i told i told emily for our listeners today that i pulled a bit of a her <laughs> because i had an idea of what i wanted to do i was going to do an entire history of the idea of this thing and then i wanted to do like a modern take on it and i couldn't find a really cool modern take that i liked But then I stumbled upon this, and this is not, it didn't fit in the original topic. So I'm just going to do this story, and I'm probably going to come back to that topic before before long. Are you going to, okay. Okay, all right. I'm going to tell you the story, and I really hope I'm saying this correctly, of Anna Begenholm. Um, 
she's from Sweden. Uh. So I don't even have the stuff on my keyboard to make the letters they have. <laughs> That's why I'm not sure if I'm saying her yeah. name correctly. Yeah, there's an app for that. Yeah, I didn't uh, try that hard. So it's May 20th, 1999. Oh. I was nine. Oh. I was 11. We were 9-11. Conspiracy! <laughs> Is that a weed? <laughs> calling the police. Calling the police. <laughs> All right. So Anna Begenholm is a 29-year-old woman from Vanseborg, <laughs> Vanseborg, <laughs> Sweden. <laughs> so sorry, Sweden. I really am. <laughs> At the time, <laughs> she was a <laughs> radiologist working in Norway. Because I think, you know what? They probably all learn each other's languages and going back and forth is probably a thing. But she is studying to become an orthopedic surgeon. I mean, the languages kind of all sound the same. Not, no. They must have similar... They're probably more like dialects of each other. Yeah. (laughs) It's like once you learn one of the romance languages, it's really easy to pick up all the others. Right. It's probably similar. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. So... Are there fjords in this story? There's no fjords. I'm so sorry. Wow. I really wish there were. There are ski slopes. I'm going to insert some fjords. Continue. (laughs) So on this particular day, May 20th, Anna was planning to attend the retirement party of her mentor. And I only put the mentor's name in because I know how to say this one. It's Ingve. Oh. Motherfucking. Malmstein? Jones. Oh. (laughs) Disappointing. (laughs) I only know how to say Ingve because of Ingve Malmstein. Malmstein. (laughs) But before that, she wanted to hit the slopes. Uh, You know, it's, it's Norway. So I imagine that, like, I'm going for a quick ski is, like, a thing people say. Sure. <laughs> like, we, we have to go on a weekend trip yeah, to go Yeah, it's skiing. like people who live in Vail. Yes, exactly. They just go, you know what? I'm going to hit the slopes for an hour. Yeah, I'll And I'm going to head to this party. Yeah. So she did that. She's an avid skier and expert skier, as I'm sure a lot of people who just live around that area are. Yes. It's just a part of your life. She loved it. So. She is going, she took to the slopes with two of her colleagues, whose names I will now attempt to say. The first one's okay. It's Marie Falkenberg. It's literally spelled that way. So, so far, so good. (laughs) And this one. (laughs) Torvind Nishim. Nishim? Nishim? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Norway. (laughs) All right. So those three... Super People. easy names to say. <laughs> are skiing together. Sure. Down the slopes. Yes. Slopes they are all highly familiar with. That were maybe once fjords. Perhaps. Continue. No, maybe they will one day fall into the sea and become fjords. <laughs> <laughs> so Anna is just tearing down this steep mountainside. And on this day, at this time, Anna loses control of her skis. Uh-oh. Uh, because of co- I'm telling the story, so of course. Like, this was not going to go well. It involves well. a mountain. Yeah. It involves snow. Uh-huh. So Anna fell, and she slid headfirst down the hill. Still going pretty fast. She eventually reaches a stream, and the stream, it is important to note, is partially frozen over. Oh. Like, there's a layer of ice, but it's not entirely frozen. Oh. Nearby is a waterfall. Mm-hmm. So, like, the waterfall still running underneath is... It's just this really, really fucking cold water. Yeah. It's important to note this because Anna slides headfirst into that stream and gets stuck. 
Everything uh, but her legs enters the stream. Oh, fuck. So she's underwater. And there's ice all around her. And her body probably just went into a massive amount of shock. So, yeah. The temperature so, shift. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So she's not just pinned by the ice, but there are some rocks that she happened to sort of jam herself between sure. as she flew into this fucking frozen body of water. She wrecking balled it. I mean, like, I, she probably looked a little funny before like things got... Like that fox hunting in the snow. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the one that just dives yeah. head first. Uh-huh. Before things got serious, I'm sure it was a little funny. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, watching a friend do that? Oh, my God, you'd laugh. You'd laugh. All at of least. our friends would laugh. Oh, absolutely. And then about twenty seconds would pass, and that would be a and it would be oh, real shit. bad. Oh real bad shit! Pitch. Okay, because yeah, because like I said, she's sort of stuck. The water's flowing underneath her. She's stuck in this layer of ice. She's also stuck by some, like some rocks have mm-hmm. pinned her, and her gear is really heavy. Yeah, it's it's ski gear. Yeah, and it's also getting heavier as it gets soaked with water. Right, and all the melt from the ice is like soaking. Yeah, those coats absorb. Absolutely. So her friends are there. It le- like, at least she wasn't alone when she lost control. But, you know, as soon as they stop laughing, I'm sure, they immediately start trying to free her from the river. But her body, being as heavy and as pinned as it was, like, they were unable to pull her out. They're just sure. clinging to her legs and pulling on her legs oh. and her skis, and they can't get her out. They call for help seven minutes after Anna is submerged. Uh oh! I think they just, you know, were trying that entire time to get her out, and they decided, "Oh my god, we can't do this." I mean, yeah. So she's already uh, submerged for seven minutes. She's drowned. Help does not arrive for over an hour. <gasps> now, I will say, I'm not saying this is anyone's fault. They're on a mountain. Yeah. There are two teams deployed at the same time, one at the bottom and one at the top of the mountain. And there was like the rescue helicopter they have at this ski place um, was just like taking a sick kid to a hospital. And the police chief said, no, turn that around. (laughs) The sick kid can get to the hospital. Eventually we need to go get this lady. So they are trying. They're really trying to get her. Well, it's like avalanches. There's there. They can be there, but there's only so much they can do. Exactly. And it's like, it's just hard to get there in the first place. Yeah. So Anna, of course, struggled under the water unable to breathe for a bit there. But fortunately, she was actually able to find an air pocket in the ice. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I imagine, like, if you've ever seen somebody sort of trapped under ice in a movie and they go to the ice and they suck on it, Mm -hmm. like, there's air in there. Yeah. So she stays there, her body slowly getting colder and colder. Yep. Slowly breathing probably panicking for as long as your body can manage to panic for 40 minutes. And at 40 minutes, the low oxygen and the lowering temperatures of her body stopped her heart from being able to pump blood effectively, and she lost consciousness, yep. succumbing to what is called circulatory arrest. Basically the same as cardiac arrest, because it just it's all just blood not being able to get yeah. through your body. And this oxygen. one's just a little less violent. Yes, yeah, it, it has less to do, it doesn't necessarily start at your heart. Yeah. But yeah, it's all the same thing. It's it, You don't have oxygen going to your blood and various parts of your body anymore. The entire time, her friends are hanging onto her skis and waiting. So both deployed teams arrive to a rescue Anna around roughly the same time. The first one to get there had come from the top of the mountain with a 
state of the art. Shovel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but the shovel couldn't break through the ice. So this was a... So just, why didn't he bring an ice pick? Oh, my God. Look, you know, I guess they had what they had. Also, yeah. I do feel, though, like, yeah, skiing down a mountain with a shovel is a lot harder than with an ice pick. But whatever. So they couldn't get her free. Minutes later, the crew from the bottom of the mountain arrives. With an ice pick? And they have... I'll tell you what they have. It's a better shovel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shovel with a pointy end. Okay, so they're they're a little more used to just digging people out of snow piles. I guess. Yes. I than, don't. Yeah. I don't think they were prepared. Rivers. Exactly. And also, like she broke through the ice, but this thing can't. You know, she must have been going pretty fast. Honestly. Yeah, I'm like kind of surprised someone didn't try and take a ski to break the ice. Fair. Because skis can be a little sharp. Sure. Or like your boots. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows. But, you know, I'm sure they tried a lot of stuff yeah. and the ice was just a, being a bitch. So, or they were just holding on to her to make sure she didn't get sucked in. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. I'm sure the current might have pulled her even further and she's trying to hang on to this one part that has the air. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's hard so, to know without being there. Yes, absolutely. So, that one was able to break through. The better shovel was able to break through. And they finally took Anna out from the ice 80 minutes after she'd gotten stuck. Holy shit. So she was under there 80 minutes, and she was unconscious for 40. Woof. So as soon as Anna is out of the ice, her friends, who are thankfully doctors, because she is a radiologist and these are her colleagues. That's good. Yes. They begin CPR immediately. Good. And she is not breathing. Her heart is not beating. I don't think anyone was expecting her to be breathing no, when they No, right, absolutely not. But the all yeah, everything is gone, but they are just they start immediately. They do what they would do as medical professionals. Dr. Maz Gilbert, and I pronounced that one right because Maz Mickelson is one of my favorite actors, and it is spelled the same way, M-A-D-S. So Maz Gilbert was the head of the emergency medical at the hospital that received Anna at the time. And he said, quote, on the ECG, which is an electrocardiogram which the doctor on the, the helicopter has connected her to, there was a completely flat line, like you could have drawn it with a ruler, no signs of life whatsoever. Now, in some places in the world, even now, and in some religions, that would be considered being dead. Yes. Yo ass dead. But in a lot of places, like the U.S., many other countries that you know do the whole modern medicine thing, we have adopted a different definition of death, which I actually learned about in my previous topic, which I was attempting. And that has a lot more to do with brain activity or mm-hmm. the lack thereof. Yeah. So we don't actually care if you're breathing anymore. We don't actually care if your heart is beating. Yeah. We can Are you make, brain dead? Yes. We can make both those things happen mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. If your brain is dead, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And actually, I read a thing that even that is like, we don't know. Yeah, don't there's a reason know. why I like pulling the plug is such a... Yeah. Huge. Because you just never know. Because you never know. Some people, you pull the plug and they wake up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, that's very, 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 very rare. Yeah. But it has happened. It has happened. So we don't really know. But, like, thank God, you know, Norway, another one of those countries that that does not subscribe to this person is dead because they're not breathing. Yeah. So they are, they never stop their attempts to resuscitate Anna the entire time. Her colleagues are doing CPR in the helicopter all the way to the hospital. Fuck. Anna is cold. (laughs) She is so fucking cold. Yeah. 
She's cold to the touch. Like, she looks white, and she feels like an ice cube. Like, her skin is hard. And she, like, imagine touching an ice cube, but then it's a whole person. Like, it's hard to touch her for more than a oh, period. of. It's your body is, like... 80% water or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, yeah. She so frozen. She's literally frozen. <laughs> in, a lot of, in a lot of places. Maybe not her legs, but, you know, who knows? Everywhere is at least very, very cold. Yeah. By the time she arrives at the hospital, an hour and a half after being taken out of the ice, so she's not even, like, in the same situation anymore. They're, she's in, like, a helicopter. Those get kind of cold, depending on how high they go. Yeah. But either way. She's been out for an hour and a half, and her body registers 56.7 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like 13-something degrees Celsius. Wow. Now, remember, if you haven't been sick in a while, that your body <laughs> is supposed to be 98.6 degrees. And if you are just a few notches below or above that, you go to the hospital because yeah. you're going to die. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you can't, you shouldn't be anywhere f- off from that. <laughs> like, yep. And she is 40 degrees <laughs> almost off of that. Like, it's crazy. So, but the doctors did not give up on her. Dr. Gilbert said, we will not declare her dead until she is warm and dead. <laughs> the idea being what I am now calling for you mostly the <laughs> Captain America effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Captain America. Absolutely. Doctors hoped, and were right, that the cold had caused Anna's brain to slow down significantly before she stopped breathing because she had that air pocket. Yeah. Which would have hopefully protected her brain from the damage normally associated with lack of oxygen. In fact, according to like a journal in uh, something called Proto, published by the Massachusetts General Hospital, oh. Anna's metabolism slowed down to 10% of its baseline rate, and thus she needed very little oxygen at all. So anything she was getting from sucking on ice, and then anything she was getting from the CPR, might have been enough. Wow. So Anna was taken into surgery for the next nine hours. Over a hundred doctors and nurses worked on shifts to try and slowly, super slowly, warm up Anna's body. And now it's funny because, like, you see, like, if you're trying to cool down a body, you see them literally toss people into ice baths and mm-hmm. stuff or put heat packs on them. Yeah. And they may have done that, but I didn't read it. It seems like the most effective way to very slowly warm up a body is to hook you up to a machine that will remove your blood, mm-hmm. warm the blood up, yeah. and put it back in. It- reduces the chances of shock makes sense makes a lot of sense because it's the blood you need to circulate anyway yeah. so that should be the part that's warm and your so blood is warm yeah exactly they also hooked her up to a heart lung machine which just mimics your lung and your heart doing its thing that should be happening <laughs> so over the course of the next several hours the heart monitor would blip here and there and then would flatline again mm. and then 4 p.m. the day after Anna had fallen into the river, so it's about 24 hours, her heart gradually began to beat again, and it started pumping blood on its own. Ooh. So they did not need the heart part of the heart-lung machine. Yeah. She ain't dead, y'all. Started doing more blips. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, shortly after that, her lung function deteriorated, so they, she was placed on a ventilator. Mm. So It's unfortunate, but again, she ain't dead. Uh, just a quick side note. 
I thought this was fun and interesting. Um, therapeutic hypothermia or targeted temperature management. Same thing. He's like a real thing that doctors do now when you are like a person who has maybe had a heart attack hmm. and you are, they're trying to recover you, but they're worried that in the amount of time it takes to restart your heart, your cells will take a ton of damage due to lack of oxygen. So they will lower your body temperature to a point where you don't need that much oxygen anymore. Hmm. And it really, really helps you not like, you know, just like be paralyzed or brain dead <laughs> while they're trying to restart your heart. So, uh, that's a thing they do yep. here, a lot of other countries. What we heard from Dr. Gilbert is that practice became much more widely used in Norway after this case. Good. Because people looked at this and went, oh, shit. Okay. That could work. Mm. So, Anna lay unconscious for the next 12 days. Woof. On May 30th, she opened her eyes for the first time. Unfortunately for Anna, when she awoke, she was still on the ventilator. Uh. And That's she was, always jarring. Yes. Oh, my God. It's like uh, you, there's a fucking tube in you and like it's And the who worst. knows what she remembers. Mm-hmm. Probably not much, I yeah. hope. What a terrifying 40 minutes before you pass out. You right. Know? Awful. And she is paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, Jesus. So Anna herself, a medical professional, was at first actually like really upset with her colleagues and she yelled at them for saving her. Oh. Because she was like, okay, you saved me, and I woke up paralyzed. Quote from her. I was very irritated when I realized that they saved me. I feared a meaningless life without any dignity. Before you get too sad, though. Anna spent the following month on the ventilator, but slowly, her bodily functions began to return to her. Good. So, her, yeah, she's not paralyzed to this day. Her digestive system, her lungs, her limbs all had to sort of do their own thing. Reset. Yes, to come back to working, but they all did. And eventually, Anna, in like an interview, apologized to her colleagues. She was like, I, you know, I was just mad. Like, yeah. I thought, I thought my life was completely changed. But now that she is alive and pretty much whole, mm -hmm. she was very happy with their whole shit. She went to the hospital she worked at, by the way. Like, those were people she knew. So, like, it really was her colleagues who saved her life. So, uh, let's see here. After two months of intensive care, Anna was flown home to Sweden for the remainder of her recovery. And in October of 1999, five months after her incident, she returned to work at the hospital where her life had been saved. Wow. As of 2009, and I couldn't find anything more recent, but as of 2009, she still worked there as a radiologist. Has I know that was 10 years again? ago. Huh? Has she skied again? Oh, man. I never found anything. Oh. I really wish I could. I haven't seen any, like, real interviews so with her. That like, the scariest thing. Uh-huh. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't I, know if I would. I, don't, I wouldn't ski in the fucking first place, but... <laughs> See, like, my mom's side of the family... Is all skiers. Okay, yeah. So I was on the slopes at a very young age. Mm -hmm. There are some, I will do controlled areas. I don't go out into the wilderness to go skiing. Yeah. Or like down the side of a mountain. Yeah. I'm good. Completely fair. Yeah, and I was just happy to hear that her friends were with her because I was like, was she just like alone on the if side of the If she had been alone. Horrifying. She Never. probably would have been dead. 
Oh, absolutely. That would have been a they horrifying discovery for, for someone. Mm-hmm. Just skiing along, doop, 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 and there's just feet sticking out of the stream. Right? Oh, my God. And that person is literally a popsicle. Yeah. Like they're blue from head to yeah. toe. Fuck. But, yeah, she was lucky, and I would never go skiing alone. Hey, guys, pro tip for this one. Don't be Castro, and don't go skiing alone. And don't pick up very colorful shells from the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Because there might be explosives in it. smoke cigars you didn't make yourself. (laughs) Now, I will say, just a couple of things to end. A quote from Anna. When you are a patient, you're not thinking that you're going to die. You think, I'm going to make it. But as a medical person, I actually am amazed that I'm alive. (laughs) She must have a lot of double think going on. Yeah. Like... You never want to think, oh, I could die when it's you, when you're the patient. But medical personnel, people die all the time. Yeah, and half the time, like, when you're presented with a horrible situation, like, our on-call doctor last week, two weeks ago, was presented with this horrible situation, and it's like, well, I'm just going to see what I can do. Right, right. It's probably not going to be the outcome everyone's hoping for, but... Eh? Right. Do my best. Yeah. And that is actually echoed by her friend, one of the ones who was there with her when she fell in the water, Torvind. 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 He he now has a new motto because of this, and it was quoted in a couple places. Never give up, never give up, never give up, because there's always hope. Aw. I know. It's kind of cute. So, yeah, that's the story of Anna. Swedish last name. <laughs> Bugenholm. <laughs> Bagenholm. Bugenholm. Bugenholm. So sorry, Anna. No disrespect, honestly. Just don't know how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. She's cool. She seems like she's fine now. Yeah. Proud of her. Proud of everybody. Not Castro. Not Castro. You know what? Not no, in this episode. Not in this episode. In this episode, I am proud of exactly one person, and that's Anna. Yeah. Because I'm not proud of Castro, and I'm not proud of our government. No. <laughs> I'm a little bit proud of JFK. He did handle the whole Bay of Pigs thing. So. And he handled it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, we all could be dead right now. Right. So he handled it as well as he could. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Oh, you know what we should say at the end here? Um, we wish we had more to report just now. We're going to figure it out, though. Uh, it's been kind of a busy couple of weeks. But we did get a message from oh, a very yeah. lovely listener. Yes. Hi. Hello. Um, <laughs> we love you. We don't know if we, you want your name said. But so we're we not going to say it, but We know who you are. Yes. Um, who asked about, you know, like a Patreon or a way to support us. And our drinking habits. <laughs> and our drinking habits and all the bullshit we're Exploration constantly doing. Exploration of things and getting better recording equipment. And yeah. Maybe getting equipment that we then don't have to haul from place to place. Right. And just knowing that that person would be willing to support us with whatever they're able to do is really cool. And, you know, we thought maybe there might be other people out there who want to do that. Yeah. So keep on the lookout for an announcement from us really soon about how you can help support us, whether that's a Patreon or something similar to that or a PayPal, something like that. Something. We will let you know as soon as we figure out the thing that's going to work best for us. And then also we will be making a new 
trailer teaser type thing. Because that was something yeah. else that was brought up. Now a that we've promo. hit 50 episodes, we can yes. probably do something now, a little better than what we had at the beginning. Now that, yeah, for the most part, we know what this podcast even is. Yeah. Because <laughs> we weren't sure. <laughs> for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> we found our groove. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we should mention that. Like, we want to have that so that people out there can put it on their podcasts if they would like. And we would also love to start running promos of other people's podcasts. Heck yeah. We already do a fucking harp noise in the middle of most stories. There's literally a spot that would be perfect right. for a promo. So if you like our podcast, you think we would like yours, and you want to help do a little cross-promotion, maybe let us know. That'd be awesome. Normally I'd say being a little bit like your person, but mm, don't be a little bit like Castro. Don't, Just don't. Do, do your own thing. Do be a little bit like Anna, though. Yeah. Yeah. Try your best. And, uh, yeah, do it. Yeah? Do Are it. Are you sure? Uh-huh. Are you sure? Uh-huh. Don't forget your can of water! Because it's going to be needed to wash the LSD off of your booth. <laughs> 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 <laughs>